Hi, everybody, and welcome to Any Given Sunday Dynasty League pod. Tonight, I'm joined by co-commissioner and good friend, Justin Campbell. Um, I'll be honest and say that I'm pretty cocky when it comes to my draft analysis. There's only a couple of guys in this league that I think can hang, and I think Justin's actually better at this (laughs) than I am. So whenever we started doing this pod, I wanted him on so he could correct my mistakes. So the way we're going to do it tonight is I'm going to give you five at a time of my top 15 wide receivers. He's going to go through and kind of uh, tell you what I'm missing and educate you and me at the same time. That's kind of our hope tonight. Justin, anything you want to say to the people? Uh, You're too humble. You're too humble, my man. Um, I think that you are very, very good at this. I think you're better than me at Dynasty. I think I'm better than you at Redraft and you're better than me at Best Ball. So uh, I think I think he'll be just fine at this. I'm excited to talk about all these guys that we've been looking forward to a lot. I mean, a lot of these guys we've been looking forward to for multiple years coming into the league. Uh, so I'm excited to break this down with you. And uh, I actually paid him to say that. So <laughs> that's that works out. Nicely <laughs> <for both of> us. <laughs> that's my cameo. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, let me offer this kind of as a format reminder. As we go through this top 15, um, we have not seen the, obviously we've not seen pro days. We've not seen uh, mock 2.0 from ESPN or mock 2.0 from PFF. So we don't know where people are going to land. A lot of this is uh, de- landing spot dependent, but let's jump right into my top five Debbie players going into this year. I'm going to read them off top five, offer a quick stat, and then we'll pitch it over to Justin to fill you guys in on anything that we may have missed. My number one wide receiver in the 2021 Debbie draft is Jamar Chase, wide receiver at LSU. I know that a lot of people want Devonta Smith or other people here, but to be honest with you, there is no one who has his production profile. Look at what Justin Jefferson did in the NFL, in the NFL, not in college, but in the NFL, and realize that he wasn't even the starter on his own team. Justin, uh, Jamar, Jeff- Jamar Chase, rather, uh, has every single thing you want in a wide receiver, size, uh, height, weight and he has an incredible speed that people are going to overlook it would not surprise me at all if he has a low 440 speed I know it's going to be a pro day so he'll probably clock in at like a 426 because LSU is going to inflate those numbers but seriously watch his game tape there was not a single play that year that he wasn't open uh, even against the best corners in college football he constantly proved that he was the guy so Jamar Chase is coming in at my number one number two is going to surprise a lot of people and in fact, we had a huge debate on this in the Slack channel, but I'm going to go Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota here, not Devonta Smith. Rashad Bateman has everything I'm looking for in a wide receiver. His closest um, player profile by comp based on breakout year and production profile are guys that are incredible producers in the NFL. In fact, out of his top 10 most likely comps, nine of them are starting wide receivers or started as wide receivers. To me, he has no downside. Does he have the floor of maybe a Devonta Smith? No. Does he have, uh, or does he have the ceiling of a Devonta Smith? No. Does he have the floor of a Devonta Smith? He has a higher one. He is going to be an every week in and out producer. I'm constantly looking forward to him and I'm excited to see what he can do for all of us. I mean, the reality is he was a four-star recruit coming out of uh, a composite score of 97 and he consistently produced Uh, He had a high reception, breakout age of 19. He had all the metrics that we're looking for for a breakout wide receiver. Rashad Bateman slides in at my number two, despite an offseason that was rough and then a season itself that was hard because of COVID. Number three, Devonta Smith. Obviously, you look at him and you think, well, he's the Heisman. He had all the numbers you're looking for, all the production that you're looking for. And he's an incredible guy. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not putting him here because of his BMI. 
I know that a lot of people are hard on him because he's only 175 pounds. I don't give a crap. If you're good, you're good, regardless of your size. Devonta Smith, the reason I actually put him lower is because of the offense around him. Everyone talks about how, look how great he was with three first round draft picks. I want to say timeout. He had three first round draft picks on his team. That means that corners had to constantly choose who they were going to have. Devonta Smith during his first breakout season at the age of 20 was generally against the cornerback three on an opposing roster. I hope Devonta Smith, who's an NFL prospect, can do well against the third string corner of Auburn. I'm just saying. And so Devonta Smith is great, but not elite. I have Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith. Then I think we take kind of a tier step back into our third pick here and in uh, our fourth pick, George Pickens out of Georgia. Now, George Pickens has everything you're looking for. He was a composite score of a 98.9. Uh, I mean, we're looking at one of the highest recruits coming out of high school that we've seen in the recent memory. He went as the number one wide receiver in his class out of 24-7, and he went to Georgia. And what did he do his freshman year? Well, he kind of had an offseason, right? For only 49 receptions, but 822 yards and eight touchdowns. That's a remarkable breakout, dominator rating very, very high. Last year in only eight games, he still had 600 total yards and six touchdowns. Not only that, but they even, just to mess with defenses, put him as a running back in a couple of uh, plays this year, put him as a, as a kick returner. He is everything you're looking for, though he is class 2022. So we are way, having to wait a year for him, but I believe he's going to be the composite number one wide receiver next year. I'm excited about his prospect. And number five, Jalen Waddle didn't play a lot of the season with an ankle injury, but every metric you're looking for, he has. In fact, I actually have wrestled with who I want more, Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle. I believe if Jalen Waddle's healthy, he is the number one guy for uh, Alabama. In fact, I probably think he wins the Heisman, not Devonta Smith. Jalen Waddle, an electric player, incredible speed, good ball, uh, good ball moves. The one knock you can give him is route running, but that can be taught at the next level. So Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith, George Pickens, Jalen Waddle. Jay, what do you think about my top five? Man, I one thing I love about Bishop Darby is he is not afraid to speak his truth. Um, Jamar Chase at number one, I think at this point is pretty much chalk. And I think that's kind of earned the natural respect of everybody. Rashad Bateman over Devonta Smith. Like you said, there was a, you can call it a debate in the Slack channel. Bishop said, hey guys, I'm having a hard time picking between these two. Which one do you like more? And Parker and I both said, we like Smith more. And he said, great, I'm going to put Bateman at number two anyway. So I've, never, I've never felt less heard in my life. Um, but I, I do like it. Like we talked about earlier, Rashad Bateman, he's got every metric that you look for. I just think Devonta Smith's going to get the draft, the draft capital. I think that's going to, and that carries them to number two for me, assuming that happens. If they get drafted in the same kind of area of the NFL draft and have similar landing spots, I agree. I like Bateman's size more. I like his everything, every rating thing that there is out there, except for the fact that he didn't win the Heisman, right? Like I love Rashad Bateman. Um, I got to see him play Michigan and myself. And I always like players who beat Michigan for some reason. That's like, because it becomes a thing. Uh, like you said, George Pickens, I think that was a great pick. Um, I think that he's awesome. I like Jalen Waddle a ton. He is a guy that I loved his grittiness coming in in that playoff game this year for the college football playoff. Obviously hurt, but coming in, wanting to, you know, make a difference, caught a couple passes. Um, that that was cool for me. I really enjoyed that. So, Jalen, I, I agree with this list. I, I would put Smith over Bateman personally, um, and I think – Man, I think you're right. I think those top three are in a class of their own. And then those next two to probably the next three or four guys combined 
are kind of together as well, like interchangeable. Take whoever you want there. I'm not, no one's going to be up. Alex, I'm not going to be upset if anybody takes uh, Waddle over Pickens or vice versa. Yeah, Jalen Waddle is actually Rotoviz's number three wide receiver overall in this 2021 class, which is a huge take. In fact, Travis May actually has him ahead of Devonta Smith. Travis May is the leading scout recruiter. But Jalen Waddle is someone to keep an eye on. I don't know where he's going to end up, but I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one that's high on Jalen Waddle. I'm a little nervous about that. That's good to hear. Let me give you the next five, Jay, and you can kind of give us your thoughts. Uh, coming in at number six, I have Kayshawn Boutte, LSU, wide receiver, class 2023. He was a freshman last year. I mean, he had an incredible season. Uh, he was a high five-star recruit, um, again, like George Pickens, had everything you look for in a composite score. Not only that, he had a game this year where he absolutely went ballistic, 300 total yards uh, from scrimmage uh, and several touchdowns. Kayshawn Boutte is everything I want in a wide receiver, and I'm willing to wait for him because I believe he could be a generational talent along the lines of a Julio Jones, an A.J. Brown, a D.K. Metcalf, size, speed, everything you want, he's got. Number, uh, number seven, I'm coming in at David Bell, another Purdue wide receiver. I don't think I've ever been this high on Purdue players in my entire life, but David Bell, uh, the number two guy there, did very, very well, had a breakout season this year. I'm excited to see what he can do next year. 2022 projected wide receiver number two. Uh, I I rank him ahead of a lot of this 2021 class, so we're going to put him at number seven. Number eight, Terrace Marshall out of LSU. A lot of question marks. He's got the size. Does he have the speed at the next level? That's the big concern. Very physical, always beats corners. Uh, and in the in the red zone, the dude's a machine. Like I, There's no one in college football I'd rather throw to than him. Uh, coming in at number nine, we have Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. I'm a homer. I know it, I embrace it, and I love it. And Garrett Wilson is everything I wanted and more. He did everything I expected him to do this year and more. He even looked better than Chris Olave in most every single game he played. Now, I know what you critics are going to say to me before I, I, as I utter these words, and they're, you're going to say things like this. Well, Chris Olave had the number one corner. He was bracketed in a lot of cover twos. Yes, yes, and true. But Garrett Wilson, what impressed me at, was what he did after the catch. His yards per contact, his broken tackle rate was very, very high. So Garrett Wilson comes in at uh, number nine. And at number 10, to end out our next group of five, is Rondale Moore. Um, Rondale Moore is an enigma for me. I've actually switched switched him and the guy that's going to come in the next uh, top of the next tier back and forth. Rondale Moore has the speed. He has the route running. The ball handling skills are a little questionable. He fumbles a little too much, and he has some drop passes. But Rondale Moore's production, you can't argue with. Rondale Moore's success, you can't argue with. And the fact that he's in a Power 5 conference interests me a lot. So Rondale Moore ends out my 6 through 10 rankings. Justin, what do you think? Yeah, this is where we're going to differ a little bit. Um, man, David Bell is a guy that I am really high on and Rondale Moore. Uh, man, I love both those guys a ton. Um, the Keishon Boutte, we were talking about him kind of before um, that game against Ole Miss was huge for him. Um, he got a, a very high percentage of his production of his rookie season or his freshman season all from one game. Um, but as you said, great composite score. So I think I would have Boutte behind um, both David <clears throat> Bell and his counterpart, Terrace Marshall Jr. Um, but you said Marshall about his 40 time. I agree. I just kind of like, I, I don't know. I liked it. I want to see a little more from Boutte going forward um Garrett Wilson man he had that he's the guy that made that catch too in the back of the end zone right that's kind of like one of the catch of the years man that was awesome toe touch uh look it up if you haven't seen it highlight of the year and then 
I love Ron, Ron Delmore. This is this, this tier for me. These guys are in the same tier for me as George Pickens and Jalen Waddell. I mean, call me crazy, but from four all the way to 10 on your rankings, and that's where I draw the line, those seven guys for me are in the same tier, and it's deep, and it's quality. Um, so I love a lot of this list. Like I said, I, I would probably have Bell higher, and I would probably have more a little higher as well. Um, but, I mean, these are guys that I, I love. I love the order. I love these guys. So much talent. This class is so deep. And then with any given Sunday, you know, we're going to Debbie this year. So we have all these rookies, all these younger guys. This is going to be the most fun draft we ever have. And, uh, I mean, this is – all these guys are getting me amped up and making me want to trade for more draft capital. Well, let me ask you this because – you, you brought up something that's really interesting to me. Um, you said four really through 10 is kind of your tier. I actually have four through 11 because this next guy that we're going to talk about is really high on my list. But let me ask you this. You're at the end of the first round, right? Um, theoretically, you're at the end of the first round in our draft. Which of these wide receivers are you taking, assuming um, starting Boutte down on my list is available to you? So Boutte, Bell, Marshall, Wilson, Moore, who are you taking and why? Man, um, whichever one's at the best landing spot. No, I'm just kidding. That's a cop out. Um, I think based off talent alone, I'm taking. Yeah, um, I don't even know if I like my answer, but I'm taking David Bell, I think. Um, I love what he does. He's a guy that you said after the catch for Garrett Wilson, after the catch for David Bell is amazing. Uh, That dude is phenomenal in space. Um, So I'm going David Bell. And that's, I don't have. Like I said, all these guys, there's there's enough numbers in that we could talk about it forever. But um, what he does after the catch with, for Purdue on uh, just hits curl routes and then makes people miss. And so I, I loved him going forward. Yeah, I agree. You can't go wrong with David Bell. He's constantly impressed me, what he's been able to do after the catch. I mean, you look at what he did. I mean, with with Rashad Bateman in the system, you, you, he still averaged – uh, 1,000 yards his true freshman year, 690 yards his second year. He is everything and more. I think that's a great pick. Oh, more. <laughs> Pun not intended. Uh, let me give you the next five here as we kind of end out our top 15 list. Um, this is a guy that I'm really high on, number 11, Tylen Wallace. He's actually the last guy in, the, in Tier 2 for me. Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. He's a wide receiver coming out in 2021. I love this kid. He did everything you, you could possibly want him to do. And he even had guys who had high dominator ratings on his roster during his entire career. He had no quarterback play. And this year he had no running back play because Chuba Hubbard decided to just decide to forget how to play running back. Uh, and so Tylen Wallace continually produced against high quality opponents. Uh, I know everyone's really low on Big 12, but we're going to have a lot of Big 12 corners going in the pros, and they were all lined up over him. Tylen Wallace is, is someone who really interests me, and we can talk about him later if we need to. Uh, coming into number 12 for me is Chris Olave out of Ohio State, a guy who could have come out in 2021 and actually would have been higher had he. The fact that he came back is really concerning to me. Uh, generally speaking, guys who come back, as especially as wide receivers, don't improve their draft status. They hurt it. And one of the things I'm really worried about is the fact that though he was always open, he's now going to have a higher age going into the NFL draft, which hurts him. And also, and this is a huge one, he's going to Devonta Smith next year which means he's going to inflate his draft capital because he's so much more elevated than ever all of his opponents. I think he's going to have crazy numbers, could have an incredible season with CJ Stroud as quarterback. I just don't know if I love that. So Chris Olave comes in number 12. Chris, uh, number 13 is Elijah Moore. I, I literally don't know why everyone's so low on Elijah Moore. What could you ask a person to do? 
Go to the SEC, Power 5 Conference, best defenses in the country? Sure, he did it. And what did he do last year in eight games? I don't know. How about 90 receptions, 1,200 yards, and, and eight touchdowns? How about he just do everything you possibly ask? In fact, my biggest complaint with my own list is that Elijah Moore is not higher. But the problem is, is his, high, his size is low, and they, they forced a lot. Devonta Smith actually led the NCAA in screens. Elijah Moore wasn't far behind him. So they were trying to orchestrate stuff for him. I get that. But Elijah Moore is still a really, really good producer. I would be comfortable with him in the second or third round of our Debbie draft. And then we come in at number 14, Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Um, this is a guy who really showed off at the pro day. I actually have him comped as kind of a Ty Montgomery person, uh, kind of a running back figure, but I, I think he has a lot of talent in the right system. And let me, let me asterisk this in the right system. He could turn into a superstar. I don't know if anywhere he lands, he would be good, but that's, that's just my thoughts on Amari Rogers. He did have Trevor Lawrence and he did a lot of good stuff. I don't know why people are so low on him. He proved in the senior bowl, the first three consecutive passes actually by Kellen Mond all went to him. They, I mean, obviously he's someone that everyone's really comfortable with and ending out our top 15 is Drake London out of USC 2022 class beating out um, Almond Ross St. Brown for actually the only wide receiver out of USC that I like on this, uh, on this team. Drake London has everything I'm looking for in a wide receiver and more him and Keaton Slovis next year is going to be fun to watch. Justin, what are your thoughts on this, uh, this last tier here? Man, Tylen Wallace at 11. He climbed up during the senior bowl, I thought, at least for me. Um, he was a guy that, you know, I always kind of liked him. You know, it's kind of just, you know, I've watched a lot of big, living in Big 12 country, see a lot of Big 12 games. Um, he always plays, he plays like he's 6'3", 210. And he's down there at 6, even 190 or something like that. I mean, that dude has absolutely, he just ball. he's tough. He's really, really tough. Um, I, I like that he's able to catch contested passes. I didn't like how it, it seemed like every single catch he tried to make was a contested. So I'm concerned. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't have an all 22 view of college football. And if you know where to get one, that's great. But I, I just didn't fall in love with how the lack of openness that he had versus the guy right after him, which is Chris Olave. Um, you know, like you said, another year, it's going to be stupid next year how open Chris Olave is going to be as a senior. He already was open by 15 yards. Every, like, every single comeback route he ran, it seemed like it just, I just don't understand how you get that open. Um, and so that's because of that alone, I've got to flip them. Elijah Moore, man, it's just so hard, right? We've seen guys like him succeed at, you know, at that size and that quickness. We've seen them succeed and have phenomenal seasons and have good careers. Um, whether it's DJX or whether it's Tyree Kill, whatever, it's just undersized guys that are really, really quick, right? And then we've also seen the Tavon Austins that are good for your NFL team, but not great for your fantasy team, right? Um, and I, I'm, it's it's hard. He is a hard pick for me anywhere before midway through the third. Um, at that point, you kind of get I'm okay, I'm more okay with it, and I, I root for the guy. Sure, everyone loves to see a five eight guy ball out, right? Um, but I just there's too there's just too much risk there because of that size doesn't match the breakout that I'm looking for. Um, Amari Rogers at Clemson, it's great. Drake London, though, is what we got to talk about, man. Give me Amon Raw every. I like you're gonna ask me a little bit about what guys didn't make the list, and I just every time I watch it, all I see is Amon Raw looking just like Lavishka Chenault, which makes no sense to me why you don't like him. All he does is stiff arm people to the ground and then outrun the safety to the end zone. I don't know what. You don't like about him, but we can talk about it. 
but I like Jake London as well. You know, I do. I, I mean, how can you not? But I, I, I can't imagine taking him before anyone else say Brown. I see you typing. I'm excited for the break. I'm excited for you to tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me, but that's that's my take on your last five there. In full fairness, Amon Ross St. Brown comes in at the next, literally on my roster, the <laughs> next pick. And I've, I've battled between them. Amon Ross St. Brown's sophomore year when he had that 1,000-plus yard season with 75-plus yard receptions and six touchdowns, I mean, he's great. I just, this year, I mean, I know he only played six games, so I, I'm trying really hard not to be a prisoner of the moment. But Amon Ross St. Brown, the thing that really struggled for me is that he's going to be completely dependent on his landing spot, whereas I'm not sure Drake London's going to be. Drake London may not have the production that Amon Ross St. Brown has in the right system, but the difference is Amon Ross at 6'1", what, 185, 190, somewhere in there. He's going to be a guy who's dependent on the right system to give him a break. I actually – I mean, his brother, Equinemius St. Brown for the Green Bay Packers is not a terrible comp for him. He he's and, and he was the same kind of way. He was very dependent. I think Drake London has more of the boxes I'm looking for in a breakout. Uh, he's never gone over 600 yards in his in his college career. So I understand that's a huge thing for him. But Amon Ross St. Brown, I think he could be a star. I also think he could be completely pedestrian and not get on your starting lineup. So that's kind of where I'm taking the upside of Drake London over the upside of Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Jay, let me, let me pitch this back to you. Give me some names. If there's any that you have that didn't make my top 15 that you would have in my top 15. Yeah. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously, like we just said, is a guy that is a can't miss um, man. I, I'm looking at the list and you asked me some prep time and I kind of did, I looked over kind of what I've got. This, these names are kind of where I've got them. You know, obviously, like I was, I was picking apart some of it just on kind of where they're at. Like Elijah Moore, to me, I can't imagine taking Elijah Moore over Amon Ross St. Brown, for example. I, I can't get there. Um, Amari Rogers is probably the guy that I would swap out. I would take out Amari Rogers, slide up um, Amon Ross St. Brown to like 13, and then kind of move those guys around behind there. Um, so that's that's probably my change right there. So that's probably the one guy that I really like. Um, I mean, obviously, Nico Collins, I like a lot because I'm a Michigan man. And he, I think what's sitting out this year, people aren't realizing how big and strong and fast he is. Uh, he's, I think he's slept on based off of those facts. And if they had a combine, man, I think people would be impressed. People, I think he would climb up the rankings if he was able to have an NFL combine. Uh, but I think late day two draft capital will do that. I think people will be really surprised when they see him going off before some of these guys that everybody else has fallen in love with right now. Uh, so Nico Collins will be a guy for me that as a Michigan fan and as just, I mean, I got to see him play, right. He's a stud. I think he'll have, I think he'll, as long as he was working hard this season, right. And improving the route running, improving catching with his hands a little bit more. He'll be a guy that I think is going to climb up boards and maybe be around this 15 range for me. Yeah. Uh, Nico Collins is actually someone who's really high on my board as well. Um, I, to give some stats to what you're saying here, his sophomore season with Donovan Peoples-Jones, he only played 13 games, had less than 40 receptions, yet still managed 700 yards and six touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Uh, he, the dude is everything you want and more. He's 6'4", 220 pounds. Like people think like he is like if you were to draw up like what a perfect receiver looks like, it's Nico Collins. I actually think Nico Collins is really high to give you some, to fill out kind of some more framework here. Let me give you my next couple picks here. Uh, number 16, I have Amon Ross St. Brown at USC at number 17. I have uh, Diami Brown, Diami Brown, Diami Brown, North Carolina. 
Um, I have Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan, uh, Jonathan Adams Jr. out of Arkansas State, Nico Collins um, out of Michigan. And uh, I kind of end out that John Mechie, Anthony Schwartz as kind of my last couple, um, my last couple picks here. Um, Anthony Schwartz legitimately could run a 4-2. And it's really sad because, you know, I, I honestly think that with, Pro days, people aren't going to take his combat number seriously. This is not a joke. He was offered a spot on the U.S. Olympic uh, sprinting team. He turned that's it down wild. to go to the NFL. Dude is the fastest dude we may have ever seen in the NFL, and that's not a joke. I think he, that that alone is going to get him draft capital, which is interesting to me. Uh, but speaking of draft capital, I, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Man, so like for me, draft capital matters so much. I brought it up earlier when I was talking about Bateman and Smith a little bit, um, and some of these guys. So I wanted to toss to you, get, let's get specific, okay? Let's say Jamar Chase, I think, will be the first receiver taken in the NFL draft. But then after that, let's say Devontae Smith gets around a fifth, you know, middle of the first round draft capital and Bateman goes in the second, early second, which is really possible based off the stuff that I'm seeing. Um, I think that's worst case scenario, I think, but I think that could happen. If that happens, does Devontae Smith with that extra half round of draft capital get bumped ahead of Bateman for you? How much of a role does draft capital like that play for you? Ah, I hate that question. <laughs> um, wide receiver and running back are different to me. Absolutely. Running back, I think they all suck until they get landing spots. Um, that's just me. I just, I, that's how I am. Um, wide receivers are a little different because I think they transcend draft capital um, to some degree. But in your in this in situation you specifically gave me, I believe Devonta Smith would jump on my board. Um, the reality is GMs are tied, and this is something we don't understand a lot of times as fantasy players, that GMs are tied to their picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how they make their entire professional career. That's why we see Drew Locke probably maintaining his starting job in the next season. No offense, but like Drew Locke doesn't deserve to be a starting quarterback, but he's going to be. Why? Because the GM needs to prove that that wasn't a terrible choice. Devonta Smith gets picked in the middle of the uh, first versus uh, early second, like in, in the instance you gave me, I would take Devonta Smith because of the draft capital. To me, if they're within about five to 10 picks in the first round, I don't really mind it. Um, but second round versus first round draft capital, look at the, I mean, I challenge you to. Rotoviz has a, a really incredible screener of this. Look at their draft capital, look at their production numbers in college, and you can have a guy who way was outproduced by a guy in the second round versus the first round and their breakout percentage is a lot higher. Teams are going to give a lot more a leniency to first round players than second round players. I think we're seeing kind of a live action view of that with Henry Ruggs, who's um, who John Gruden three times this offseason so far has said things like, I'm going to get him more involved. Why? Not because he's a better wide receiver than Braylon Edwards or Brian Edwards or any of the other guys he has, but because of the first round draft capital. So I think capital matters a great deal. Uh, do you think I'm crazy on that or where, where do you kind of land on that? No, I agree. Draft capital matters so much to me. It's something that um, I just, I get tired of people that <laughs> you get your typical dynasty nerd. That's like uh, no, not quoting the dynasty. That's they have a great podcast. Last night I was like, <laughs> you get these people that are deep <laughs> in the dynasty though. And they're like, Oh, this dude's like a seventh round draft pick, but he's like a stud. I'm like, I, you, you won't catch me drafting anybody. Anybody that I draft is drafted in the NFL draft in the top four rounds. I just can't. I can't take anyone later. Um, yeah, you get your occasional. I'm trying to think of a receiver that's that's really good right now. Is drafted late and they're not coming to me off the top of my head. But 
running, you know, you're like Austin Eckler is undrafted free agent. Yeah, it happens sometimes, but I'm okay with it making those misses, right? And sticking to your first, second, third round draft picks. Yeah, to me, it's when you when we're in a 10 team league and we're only doing offense, I don't know why in the world you would try to <laughs> go past that. Um, but I, I see your point in that wholeheartedly. My biggest concern moving forward for a lot of these guys is is their positioning. Uh, for instance, in the most recent mock draft, I saw Devonta Smith going to the Miami Dolphins. Do mm. you want him or do you want Rondale Moore to the Patriots? Or you know what I mean? Like to me, it's uh, it, it gets tough because you look at these these situations and you go, I don't want either. Um, <laughs> yeah, at that point, just I'll just take Jalen Waddle at the Cowboys yeah. and we'll move on. Just, oh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I was thinking like, what off? What what offense would just be like stupid if they had him? Actually, Kansas City. If Kansas City gets Jalen Waddle, I don't even know what happens. It's basically McCole Hardeman 2.0 there. But uh, <laughs> let me ask you one more uh, one more name that I want to throw out here, and we didn't prep for this, so this is kind of you on your toes. Um, Kadarius Tony is kind of lighting up the world right now. Uh, and that is such an interesting question. I have him at 27 on my wide receiver <laughs> rankings this year. I hate gadget players in so many ways. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kadarius Tony? Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it's like, you know, I had him Google earlier, so it's easy to pull up from here real fast. And you've got top, like the top two things I'm seeing, like the top five teams that are the best NFL fits for former Gator Kadarius Tony. And then the next one is Todd McShay ignore Kadarius, Kadarius Tony's drops at senior bowl. Let me tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to draft a guy who's like, oh, so drafts. Like, here's the five best spots. And usually when, I, when a stuff like that comes out, they're saying, here's the only five coaches I could make him work. I, I haven't looked at that article. I guarantee you the Saints are on it, right, because of who the coach is. And that, that doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. It works with Mike, Michael Thomas because he's a first-round caliber kind of guy. Right. It works with guys like that because that's how that's that's how that's always for everybody. Right. I don't want a guy who, yeah, he's going to make he's going to make work into a decent wide receiver, but is never, like you said, a gadget guy. So now give me I get I'm the same as you, man. You need to be I don't need to see those two things. That's your first thing. Ignore the drops. And here's five teams that might work for him. Now I'm out. I'm out at that point. And he's going to drop in the draft. He's not going to be taken super early. And I think you're right. I think a lot of these guys that are super into dynasty right now are going to be surprised because they saw him have a great senior bowl. And, you know, he had, he's looked cool the last little while, but I'm, I'm out as well. Yeah. To me, that's especially in Debbie. Don't settle for guys. If we're doing a Debbie draft and you can pick from anybody and anywhere in college football, don't settle for a guy whose headline is ignore his drops. Uh, no don't go go get i don't know jackson smith najigba or like a mecca ogbaka or any of these guys that isn't you don't have to worry about can they catch the football as a wide receiver um my biggest thing is don't try to overthink the system uh if a guy's a gadget player he's a gadget player because he wasn't good enough at any one position to make it um don't don't try to make him out more than uh than he has to be any draft advice you would give when it comes to wide receivers coming in this class as we round out today look at breakout age look at early early commits or uh early declares and size matters and so does for like all like look all of the things don't don't get tuned in on i i did this early on i said you know man I, they've got to they've got to come out early and i would negate every other part of it 
you know, and so I'd miss out on some of these guys that are also really good that are coming out early, but also had all these other factors. And I started overqualifying. You know, I, I think that my best advice is just take in the full picture, you know, let it all let paint the full picture before you get too excited. And then my advice to you, Bishop Darby, is to trust your eyes a little bit more. Chris Olave is an absolute stud. And <laughs> watch all you have to do is watch one Ohio State game, which you as an Ohio native can do. And he it's it's ridiculous how open he is every time. And just let your eyes tell the story, you know? Yeah, I, I always question my eyes when it comes to the numbers, but Chris Olave has both. I don't know why he's so low on my list. Um, you know, as we kind of round off this, this might be the last time I get you on on this pod, depending on how scheduling works out. So let me go ahead and pitch this to you. Uh, my last year, guys, were Cam Akers and LaVisca Chenault. Everyone made fun of me for both of those. This year, it's Ramondre Stevenson. I love Ramondre Stevenson running back, running back out of Oklahoma. And my other guy, I think, is Tylen Wallace. Um, do you have a guy this year that you're like, I'm planting my flag on him and he's my dude going forward. Who would that be for you? So I don't, you know, I don't want to go with the, the top couple of guys. Um, like, you know, like I appreciate you taking like K makers, right? Like he was kind of the third, fourth, fifth running back taken off the draft. So I'm going to say, man, I'm all, I think I'm all in on this guy. Um, I haven't really said this publicly. This has actually been a secret, uh, but J- Javante Williams, um, uh, the North Carolina guy, he, I don't know. Every time I, I hadn't watched him a lot. I kind of what's, what's his counterpart at North Carolina's name? Michael Carter. My, yeah. That's Michael kind Carter. Of, he kind of had my attention at first, you know, and then the more I watched, the more I came in. I, I'm actually super <laughs> in love with, I, I think I like him. I like him borderline as much as I like Etienne. Like I, I love Javante Williams. Um, so that's the, hopefully no one's listening. Just kidding. Hopefully a lot of people are listening. Um, and then receiver wise, I don't think I really have a guy outside of these main guys. I, I guess, I guess it's Chris Olave that I, I really do like him a ton. Um, and I, and I guess it's Amon Ross St. Brown, but it's not really a, my guy. He's like a, he deserves to be taken in your third round. He's a, every time in your third round, definitely take him if he's there. Um, and so, or even late second, you know, he's just an absolute must get for me. Um, so I guess that makes him my guy, a kind of a late guy. I'm not saying he's going to be better than those other guys that we talked about, but that's where I'm at. Yeah. I love all that. Um, I, I love all those picks. Javonta Williams. I actually heard Ray GQ. He's the host of a show called destination Debbie, which is a widely respected Debbie podcast. Take him over Travis Etienne in a recent, uh, mock draft. So you're not alone yeah. in that. I really respect that. Um, and, you know, I think I think you have a lot of potential in that. Anything else you want to say to the people before we wrap up today? No, not at all. Thanks for having me on, Bishop. It's always fun. And uh, stay positive and test negative. Amen to that, dude. Amen <laughs> to that. Well, anyway, everybody, thank you so much. And uh, I hope you tune in next week as we kind of break down the running back position.